Hello, this is our June the 6th, 2021, Sunday, the day before June the 7th. And uh, this is our DOLW Podcast 35. We're on St. John of the Cross. We've made a diversion from uh, the work of Rite of Sodomy by Randy Engel. She's talking about the reality of what is and uh, discussing a lot of Men who were weak, men who were mediocre, they were Christian faithful that were weak and mediocre, and they were ordained. And they remained weak and mediocre as ordained men and caused disaster. Uh, Ruined souls, destroyed lives, individuals committed suicide based upon their ministry. Dark, dark mark their ministry was. So today, what we're trying to do the diversion with John of the Cross, based upon some requests of our Patreon and our supporters, is that what does a healthy priest look like? What is healthy spirituality? So that you can measure the poor performance of these men who are monsters that were ordained. And uh, so we're in John of the Cross. We're starting with the living uh, flame of love. We ride for the Carmel brand. Now remember, the Carmel brand deals with, uh, we confront, we deal with evil. In fact, one of the commentaries, uh, the formation of John, you'll receive in John of the Cross in the Discal's Carmel order is that if you're in a monastery and you're living with devils, you've got a devil to the left and a devil to the right, you continue to do your duty. You've been called by God You've received a call to Carmel. You continue to do your duty. You put love where there's no love. It's the same with the Catholic Church. You don't leave the Catholic Church. God called you into being, called you to the Catholic Church. You're going to have trials here. You don't run from your trials. The trials from God are given to us, to you, to me, to draw from us what is lacking, to perfect us in holiness, draw from us the virtues we lack that we don't realize, draw from us the character, grow the character in us, strengthen us in virtue. That's why we confront. And so you're going to have a lot of Christian men who were weak and mediocre, who are ordained, who will not want to deal with the reality. The many, many uh, ways to avoid the reality. So let's continue with our discussion. This is the, we're getting into the living flame of love. The, uh, the uh, it's ICS Publications, 1979. And the author of this book is giving you some thoughts on how John of the Cross, this saint, is going to do his living flame of love. So we're, we're in the... Uh, the Carmelites that put this together compiled this were in their words about John of the Cross. So it's the commentary, page seven by seven four, which gives you context. The commentary. As in the spiritual canticle, the commentary of the living flame presents a general summary of the meaning of each stanza and then a detailed explanation of every verse. It also includes doctrinal explanations which again either bear immediate relationship to the content of the stanza or amount to digressions 
forming something apart from the interpretation of the verses. Hence, the commentary includes significant San Juanist teaching on many matters concerning the spiritual life, which lie outside the immediate theme of the poems. For instance, he discusses the soul's purgation, which is wrought by the flame, F1, 19-25. The cause and mode of the death of those who have reached this state of transformation, F1, 30. The transverberation of the soul and the impression of the stigmata, F2, 9-14. The necessity of suffering in order to reach this state of transformation in God, F2, 25-30. How the soul, in order to live this new life in God, must die to its old life. F. 2. 33-35 The thirst, hunger, and longing of the spiritual faculties experienced toward the end of a man's purification and illumination. F. 3. 18-26 How the spiritual director, the devil, and the soul itself can be obstacles to the contemplation God infuses. F. 3. 29-67 I'm going to comment here how the spiritual director, the devil, and the soul itself can be obstacles. We, we think of the devil as an obstacle, but we don't always think of ourself, the soul, or the spiritual director. At this time in the 1500s, the latter 1500s, the spiritual director is synonymous with the priest. Now, I'm sure there's exceptions, but that's synonymous. That, a spiritual director is typically a priest, and he's saying priests can be obstacles to the contemplation God infuses. Priests can be obstacles to this deep, deep relationship. And they do it many, many ways. And we see that today where uh, oftentimes in our parish, I've heard the parish pastor say, I feel. I, 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 I'm really not feeling that we need to expand Mary in this parish with... Uh, more Marian devotion. I'm uh, uh, paraphrasing what he's done. And I'm feeling it. There's no, it's an attitude. They've substituted attitude for rationalization. And when he says, I'm feeling, that's, that's another way. To, he's just arbitrary and capricious. There's total lack of process, due process or analysis or rationality. You know, over 2,000 years, the Judeo-Christian approach to Western civilization is just snatched by, I feel, by the attitude. It's really an expression of his power. It's his power. It's his parish. It's his territory. And he'll tell you that. So watch for that. It's a symptom. It's a deep, deep symptom. What I would suggest, and others have suggested, uh, that you have a weak Christian here, a weak mind, and you have a mediocre Christian, a mediocre mind, as opposed to a rational intellect that can articulate a rational basis for a reason to exclude the community from more devotional life of Mother Mary, more information about Mother Mary. In this instance, it was a, it was a holy card that was uh, about uh, the, uh, the sorrowful uh, mother, Jesus as a sorrowful mother. I don't think there's any defense to that, but I, how that person did it, how this parish priest, our parish priest, FSA, did it, I feel. He takes it right out of the realm of rationality into an attitude. That's devastating. That has. You get that into an education, you no longer think. You're just a feeling, no longer thinking. And that's where you can have easily be subjected to the deception of Satan. So you want to look at that feeling 
I'm not feeling it is, is not good. Instead of having an education in the kingdom of truth, you want to talk about greatness. In the kingdom of truth, you, you want to talk about truth, thinking rationally, and you want to avoid that which is arbitrary and capricious. Let me give you an example that they won't let. Gee, uh, Father, I'm feeling that we're not going to give a, uh, a donation this week. I don't think that's necessary. Gee, Father, I feel that when the ushers come around every week, that it's just, you know, that's an insult to my memory. We don't need to hear. We don't need to have another collection. We know we have to have the money in there. Gee, I'm feeling that we don't need those envelopes uh, reminding us they're numbered to, to put in. We know we know we need to put something in every week. Or we need to know what we do. Gee, I'm feeling that this parish doesn't need it, and maybe we need to give it to some poor parish in Argentina or Brazil. Gee, I'm feeling this and that. You see how you move away from, he's going to say, oh, you got a duty here. You move away into that feeling world, and you can have them drink from the cup they have you drink from. It's easy to do. Gee, I'm just not feeling that this is the way to go to live for goodness and greatness. Gee, I think it's better for goodness and greatness that you don't get your hands on more money, but less money. I'm feeling that. In other words, you, you could be totally arbitrary and capricious, just on a whim, no rationality, and do anything you want, and that causes problems. All right, let me continue on here. Uh, similarly, as with the spiritual can canticle, Two redactions have come down to us and are referred to as flame A and flame B. The differences are not as notable as those between the two redactions of the canticle. No change is made in the sequence of the stanzas, nor are any parts added. The commentary of the second redaction is merely something somewhat enlarged. As we read in the prologue, the commentary was also written for Donna Anna de Penalosa. Its first redaction was composed certainly in Granada between 1585 and 87. While the saint was vice-provincial in Andalusia, a period which was the busiest of his life, Padre Juan Evangelista offers the following testimony. He wrote The Living Flame of Love in the house, uh, the house Granada at the request of Donna Ana de la Penalosa when vicar general, vicar provincial, and he wrote it in 15 days, while here busily occupied with many other things besides. From John's reference to the spiritual canticle in the prologue, we can conclude that this commentary was written after Canticle A, which was finished in Granada at least in 15, by 1584. It is more difficult to fix the time in which the second redaction was written. We have some testimony indicating that he might have worked on it in Sejovia, 1588-91 and other testimony which speaks of the writings he did while at La Penuada, Penuela, August, September, 1591. One witness who lived with him at La Penuela asserted that John used to go into the garden for prayer in the morning and remained there until the heat of the sun forced him to return to his cell in the monastery, where he remained writing some books he had left concerning certain stanzas of poetry. We have translated the second redaction or flame B and have followed the Codex of Sevilla, consulting as well the Codex of Baeza and the Codex of Toledo, which is a copy of the first redaction. St. John of the Cross often urges his readers not to think that his descriptions of God's graces are incredibly 
incredible or sheer exaggerations. For he insists, God diffuses himself abundantly wherever there is room, and he gladly shows himself along the highways and byways, and does not hesitate to share his delights with the children of men. F one fifteen. He has only one desire for a soul, and that is to exalt it. C twenty eight one. The saints' descriptions in fact fall far short of the reality. Who can express how much God exalts the soul that pleases him? It is impossible to do so, nor can this even be imagined, for after all, he does this as God, to show who he is. Why is it then that so few reach this high state of perfect union with God? St. John of the Cross answers that it is not because God wishes that there be few. He would rather want all to be perfect, but because there are few willing to make room for him and to bear the trials necessary to reach this state. Let me repeat that. Uh, that's, that's pretty important here. This is, uh, he has only one desire for a soul, and that is to exalt it. C 28.1. The saint's description, in fact, fall far short of the reality. Who can express how much God exalts the soul that pleases him? It is impossible to do so, nor can this even be imagined. For after all, he does this as God to show who he is. C 33. That's Canticle 33.8. Why is it then that so few reach this high state of perfect union with God? St. John of the Cross answers that it is not because God wishes that there be few. He would ra rather want all to be perfect, but because there are few willing to make room for him and to bear the trials necessary to reach this state. F. 2.27 But neither should one think these trials in themselves are worthy, worth anything in God's eyes. For all our works, all our trials, even though they are the greatest possible, are nothing in the sight of God. Through them we cannot give him anything or fulfill his only will, which is the exaltation of the soul. I digress, that's possible. His only will is the exaltation of the soul. And you consider that poor spiritual direction, weak and mediocre Christian men ordained become weak and mediocre clergy who block who are obstructing a deep relationship with God through contemplation. And here we have it uh, that, that he mentions here that uh, uh, there's, there's a reason they won't make room for him. And he talks that just uh, the, just there's, you know, they, we cannot give him anything or fulfill his only will, which is the exaltation of the soul. How many times you see your parish priest not exalting the soul? Not only that, they they undermine that which could lead to goodness and greatness. They undermine that which they choose not to do. Isn't that disgusting? They underline actions of the laity who are seeking greatness and goodness. At the same time they're undermining you and me, they are not seeking greatness and goodness. They're seeking mediocrity and weakness. Just disgusting. Just disgusting. Let me go on. But neither should one think these trials in themselves are worth anything in God's eyes. All our works and all our trials, even though they are the greatest possible, are nothing in the sight of God. Through them we cannot give him anything or fulfill his only will, which is the exaltation of the soul. See 28.1. If they have value, it is because through them the soul is purified of its evil and imperfect habits and becomes perfect in love. 
and this and this love is the means by which God can most exalt it, since there is no way by which he can exalt her more than by making her equal to himself. He is pleased only with her love, for the property of love is to make the lover equal to the object love. Let me let me get back on this. He can he can exalt her more than by making her equal to himself. There's no way but he by which he can exalt her more than by making her equal to himself. He is pleased only with her love. For the property of love is to make the lover equal with the object love. Canticle 28.1 A person then should live with great patience and constancy in all the tribulations and trials God places upon him. Whether they are exterior or interior, spiritual or bodily, great or small, and he should accept them at all as from God's hand as a good remedy and not flee from them for they bring him health and as he shares in tribulations so will he share in the consolations of the kingdom flame 2 30 to 31 let's talk about that for the property of love is to make the lover equal to the object loved and uh, there's there since there's no way by which he can exalt her more than by making her equal to himself he is pleased only with her love so you have somebody who's loving greatly and doesn't like to talk in front of the group, say at a Carmelite formation meeting or a Carmelite community meeting or a prayer group. But they have a duty to talk or they have a duty that week to read. That's love. It's not the reading. Uh, and I remember Lydia who was starting to play the organ at church and was not, uh, let me put it this way. There was great potential for improvement, and she knew it. She felt called by God to do that. And we had other people that could play better, or we could hire people. That's no love. It's Lydia's. It's not the music. God doesn't need that music. He doesn't need perfect. It's the love. It's the love. And so she was pounding away, giving great love. And we had, and, and we often said, look, maybe if you're a good speaker, maybe God wants someone who is a less speaker to grow. And think about that, to grow, because it's the love that other person puts into it. God can send his angels to be perfect speakers, his angels to play the organ perfectly. And that's missed. And we see that in our own community where we have uh, individuals who came from outside our community. They're seeking good speakers, the best speakers. They're, speaking, uh, they're seeking the greatest music around. And no, there's no love. They turn people away. They turn people, we call them the ugly people. They want only pretty people. Pretty people means you have to be functioning, high function, have capacity. And uh, you can't be mentally ill in a psychotic bloom, uh, have an episode and be embarrassing to the, the, the first family of the parish, which is our priest and uh, his friends. You just have to be good, have good social graces. No love, no love for the hungry or the homeless. No reaching out there. Uh, lots of sanitization. Lots of perfection in terms of cleanliness. Cleanliness. But no love. No no reaching out uh, for a cross. No reaching out like Damien for, uh, to the lepers of Molokai. That ain't going to happen. In fact, one staffer said, look, if you could put a, a, a sign on our priest, it would be unstable. Do not touch. Just very, very uh, prissy is a word, P-R-I-S-S-Y, prissy, just kind of temperamental. Where is the love in that? It's not. It's lacking love. That's what you get when you have a weak Christian 
a mediocre Christian, and you're ordained him. And it's catastrophic. And we hear here this saint who's a doctor, who's a priest, saying, be careful. you got to be careful. So I leave you with that, that there's a distinction between goodness and greatness. And these men are undermining, and we get back over to our sister Randy Engel. She's writing about that. The facts that she writes about, these facts matter because they drive an agenda, a culture of death that destroys goodness and greatness. So our request was from the the people who cons, cons, consume or, or listen to the podcast, want to learn from saying, you know, they, they wanted to hear a little bit more about the, uh, the big oak trees versus the stunted. We have stunted oak trees. Randy English showing you stunted oak trees, men who should have never been ordained, monsters who were ordained, and also showing you sick oak trees. Here is John of the Cross. Talks about perfection. Talks about goodness and greatness. That's what you want to think about. Okay, I wish you well. We're going to conclude here. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Lady of Mount Carmel, pray for us. St. Joseph, guide us and protect us. And the Archangel Michael, who is a contester, an arguer with Satan over the body of Moses. You continue to fight. To be Catholic means there's a fight in you. We contest. We fight with darkness. We are from the kingdom of truth. And we fight the, uh, the empire of injustice, the dominion of the lie. Continue to take the fight to the enemy. Amen? Amen.